Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. All right, friends, welcome to the first episode of the Make an Impact podcast. I am beyond thrilled that you've decided to tune in today and spend a little time with me in your ear. I have been wanting to make this for a little over a year and have honestly made like every excuse not to do it. (laughs) And now that I have finished up grad school, I was ready to just pour myself 110% into this project. Um, And for all of you that have ever wanted to make a nonprofit, learn a little bit more about the nonprofit industry, um, work just in one and you're really jazzed up about a certain cause, or maybe even start a business and start your own social enterprise. So I'm so stinking excited that you guys are here. Thank you again for tuning in. I figured for our first episode, there was nowhere better to start in talking about nonprofits than sharing my own experience and sharing my founding story with Operation Not Alone, which the intro of this podcast uh, I did when I was 18 years old and a freshman at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. It actually starts a year earlier than that when I was a 17-year-old senior in high school because my Operation Not Alone journey really is synonymous with my Miss America organization journey. Uh, Like most girls who are starting out in the Miss America program, I needed scholarships. The Miss America Scholarship Organization is the largest provider for scholarships for young women in the world. And I was a low income first generation college student who definitely needed the scholarship money. So I signed up for my hometown title, which was Miss Door County 2012. And the funny part about starting at that time was Laura Kepler, who was the current Miss Wisconsin, had gone on to win Miss America that year. So it was a very real time example that someone from Wisconsin could do that. Like someone from my backyard could actually win Miss America. And definitely the bug started like growing in me, that pageant bug, just because I could see what it was capable of. And so when you compete in the Miss America organization, aside from scholarships, there also is a community service-based platform that you have to choose. Today, they call it a social impact initiative. And because we were watching Laura become Miss America and do all these things, the way people explained it to me when I first started was that your platform, you know, if you win, if you become Miss Door County, Miss Wisconsin, and Miss America, you have to love what you are talking about so much that you're going to jump out of bed every single day, just like thrilled to be talking about that, to be advocating for that, fundraising for that subject, because you're going to be doing it all year long. And every single day, that passion has to sustain you through those trying times. And so I thought really hard about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, what would that be? Like, what do I want to jump out of bed every single day and do? And through a lot of trial and error and talking about it with my mom, 
I really settled on the fact that it was going to be something about wounded veterans because my father is and has always been for my entire life a 100% disabled Marine Corps veteran. Now, I'm very grateful that he was a part of the Vietnam era, so I never had the experience of him like being deployed when I was a little kid, and I'm super grateful for that. I can't imagine what that's like for those kids growing up. But because of that, he's been fully disabled my entire life. And so I watched a lot of the the problems that that caused, the ailments that that was physically, mentally, emotionally. And we always really dealt with that as a family. We saw the toll that that took on him and how that really shaped our childhood, how we looked at different things. And so I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew it was going to have this focus of wounded veterans. Side note, I'm pretty sure if anyone found the paperwork that I turned in that first year uh, for my platform statement, which is basically like a one-page essay, I would just cringe. It, I have no idea what I even talked about that first year, but I knew it was just going to be that focus. So I went forward. I was second runner-up in that competition. I won a $1,000 scholarship, which I thought was amazing. So I tried it two more times in open competitions, which meant I just had to live in the state of Wisconsin. And every time I was competing, every time I got in front of a group of people, which was terrifying, by the way, but I got was getting in front of this group of people. I was talking about this mission that I now was on to help other wounded veterans it just, it was like the wheels were turning and I was like, oh, I actually am really passionate about this. I could really talk about this like in a long-term scenario. And then later that fall, when I got to college at UW Oshkosh, I went through the uh, sorority recruitment process. And if anyone knows Greek life, it's pretty synonymous with philanthropy. And so in every room that I went to in every sorority, I meant they talked a lot about philanthropy. They asked me about my philanthropic endeavors and what I was really passionate about. And while no one was like gung ho about military the way I was, like it was always a topic of conversation. Like, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you volunteer with? And I got to talk about just this idea that I wanted to help veterans. And as I continued, I, so I joined my sorority, which was Gamma Phi Beta. And I had a sorority sister that was in there. Obviously, I was a freshman and she was a senior. And she was like, you know, Susan, I am also really passionate about helping military members. A lot of my family were in the military. My little sister in the sorority, who I hadn't met yet because she was literally at basic training, was obviously in the military. She's like, I really want to help you with this. And she's like, I think that you have like all you could take all of your ideas and turn them into a nonprofit. And I was like. Uh, No, not going to happen because I don't know why at that time I had this like image of a nonprofit founder in my head of like a 40 year old white dude who had like a million dollars because I thought like nonprofit, you weren't going to make any money. So you had to have all of this money that you could just like donate and like throw at the cause. Uh, Don't ask me where that image even came from, but it was just like the assumption that I had with it. And she was like, no, 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 no. I promise. Like, I will help you. Uh, You know, there's like a website that we can use, but I think that you have to do it. And so she convinced me to actually fill out a 501c3 application and move forward. Um, If anyone's going to ask, we used LegalZoom. No idea if that's still a great idea to use now, but it's what we did back then. And by January 22nd, 2013, Operation Alone was founded, legally speaking.
we decided to change our focus kind of from my original idea of like this like wounded veterans into active duty service members. We were going to make personalized care packages for active duty military members that were serving overseas and we were going to make them like big and loud and proud and as personalized to the service member as humanly possible, which, and we wanted to do it better than anyone else was doing it at the time. And so the funny part was the real moment that changed everything was when we sent out our first care package. So I had been talking to a gentleman from a different nonprofit that I was a part of um, called the Wisconsin Leadership Seminars, or WILLS, at our winter reunion that December. So like right on the cusp of all of this, like finally becoming legal and turning in all of our paperwork. And he was getting ready for his second tour in Afghanistan. And he was just the first person from that perspective who like really validated our idea and, you know, talked to me about it, was reaffirming that this was going to be a good thing because otherwise it was just people who were kind of in my inner circle that were like, no, 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 no. I think it sounds great. Like it should be awesome. And I was so worried that first of all, it was just going to be like, this weird thing that I did, something that I was going to put on my paperwork as I got ready for the 2013 Miss Oshkosh competition. Um, but also like my biggest fear as I think we all like make that list of fears of like everything that could go wrong, but that people would think it was like a joke or that it wasn't helpful. It wasn't necessary. Like I had all these like negative self talk pieces in my head, which who doesn't at some point, right? Especially when you're trying something new. And he was the first one who validated this. So we thought it would be really symbolic that he was the person who was going to get our first care package. And I went through like hell and high water to find his address. That was super difficult to find. And so we sent him this first care package. I also spent like a stupid amount of money on it because I didn't realize at that point that nonprofits could get discounts on things and were tax exempt on things. Um, but I did it all to the best of my ability and out of pocket because obviously we hadn't started fundraising yet because we hadn't done anything for our mission. And so no one was going to hand us, you know, a bag full of money. And so it was all out of pocket and we sent this first care package and I had no idea what was going to come of it. And then a few months later, uh, we did the Miss Oshkosh competition, started my beautiful series of being a first runner up and, but earned a ton of scholarship money, which was beautiful and shout out to both Miss Oshkosh and Miss Star County because their scholarship dollars are always phenomenal. And so fast forward to July, I was back home in Door County. I was waitressing for the summer as pretty much like all college students do. And it was like the middle of July. It was like beastly hot out. And I was working a double and I was taking a lunch break at like a picnic table and back. And my mom was calling me and she was like, Hey, you got a letter from Afghanistan. And I was like, what? Because we said this care package months earlier. So it took me a minute to realize where this was coming from. And so I was like, excuse me. I was like, we got to open it up. I was like, read it to me. And she proceeds to read me a letter from this man that was like two pages, handwritten front and back. And it was so profound and so significant that it's still to this day, I don't think he even knows this, it is hung, it is framed and hung in my office. So I always have a reminder of where all of this started. Because he ended up divulging to me in this letter that 
you know, obviously deployments are incredibly hard. They are hard physically, mentally, emotionally, and being a second lieutenant and, you know, kind of seeing over like his unit of troops was just getting very hard on him. It was wearing him really down. And he had written that he had quite a number of suicidal thoughts. And one of the things that kept him from acting on and completing those thoughts was getting our care package because he realized that someone back home, someone that he didn't even know that like wasn't his mom and wasn't his best friend, like cared about him, that he was going to come home safely, that someone else cared that he was doing this work, that people wanted him home, that he had so much more to fight through, to live for, to see that like kind of rainbow on the other side. Obviously I'm paraphrasing, but you get the picture. And I just sat at this like picnic bench and bawled my freaking eyes out. Um, but that, that was the spark moment. That was the moment I knew we really found something and this is really going to do something for somebody, whether it's just this one person, whether we never get this response again, at least has helped one person. And I feel like people use that expression like, oh, as long as I helped one person, I'll, I'll, I'll feel really great. And that always sometimes sounds silly, but when it happens and in such a profound way like that, it just, it really takes your breath away. And I was like, okay, if this doesn't help anyone else ever again, <laughs> at least this one moment happened. But that was, that was my spark. That was the kind of the moment that I knew like this was my purpose. Like this is kind of what I was here for. And I absolutely had to keep going forward and keep growing operation, not alone. And seven and a half years later, heck, here we are. <laughs> Bring a piece of Door County home with Door County Delivered, a service delivering local Door County products straight to your doorstep including options to customize or gift your boxes, use them for hospitality, weddings, corporate gifts, and more. Experience the taste and charm of Door County with local products from local businesses, because when you support local, you're impacting the lives of hardworking individuals. When you support Door County Delivered, well, you're supporting Door County. For 5% off your next box, head to DoorCountyDelivered.com and use the code ONA2020, that's O-N-A 2020, and get a box of Door County delivered right to your doorstep wherever you are. So fast forward seven and a half years later, I, I truly marvel at where we've come, what has happened in this organization over that time. Obviously, we've had a lot of flops and a lot of flumbers. I don't even know if that's a word. Someone let me know if that's even real. But <laughs> we have, have grown so much. We've done so much. And I have marveled at what this organization has been able to do day in and day out. Um, so let's recap our services and how we've grown. So we always started with those personalized care packages for military members who are serving overseas. So every single care package from us gets a two yard fleece blanket specific to their branch of the military, uh, non-perishable food items, hygiene items, some recreational items, some really cute, like thank you cards from, you know, so we get thank you cards, by the way, like 
all over the country from elementary schools, preschools, um, Girl Scout troops, even to like retirement homes like they make them. They fall across the board. They're so adorable every single time. But we try really hard to work with like a parent or a friend or a a significant other, um, even sometimes a service member themselves to personalize it as much as possible to what they want. So we have done things from like sports themed packages. I like, we did a Packers one. We did a Badgers one. We did a movie one for a girl who didn't really have like internet access, but she had like a laptop that had a DVD slot. So we like found copies of like all of her favorite movies and sent like some popcorn and some movie box candy. Um, I remember one of the first weird like requests that we got was it was a mom for a female sailor who was stationed in Japan and she really was craving a whatchamacallit candy bar from like Willy Wonka, which I had never heard of before. (laughs) I went to like six different stores to try and find this thing. Um, Gosh, we've gotten requests for pretty much like everything under the sun, like ultimate Frisbees, just like you name it, we've done it. And it's one of my favorite things about our care packages. Like we go to really extreme lengths to make sure that it is exactly what that person wants, what they are missing from home, something to just bring them that touch of home. Um, And obviously for, for them and for their family, you know, it's free of charge to them. This is something we do because we love it. And the requests that we've seen have been incredible. So we have sent several hundred care packages around the world at this point. Um, I believe two military members stationed in 13 different countries around the world, and it's it's been phenomenal. But we also kind of saw, we wanted to get back to the route that we had, which was about veterans. And we we're like, okay, well, what can we do for veterans? Like once they're back home to make sure that they're still being thought of, they're still being thanked. Uh, you know, they're still kind of being loved, you know, when they're not newly home. And we kind of came up with this idea and it definitely was like janky the first two years that we did it until we brought on my, one of my favorite partners ever, which was Door County Coffee and Tea. They, Vicki Wilson is like forever one of my greatest idols. Uh, so we brought them on as a sponsor and Vicki's generosity has been amazing over the last five years that we've had this partnership with her. We renamed two of their coffee coffee lines to be the Heroes Blend and the Veterans Blend. They both are non-flavored coffees. And so we got cases and cases of this Heroes Blend and Veterans Blend so that every single Veterans Day, we would send a cheer package to kind of counteract our care packages. So care packages are for active duty service members, cheer packages are for veterans. And we would send these every single year on Veterans Day. So it has two Heroes Blend and two Veterans Blend full pots of coffee. So like one package makes a full perfect pot of coffee. And then we also get some of this special like red, white, and blue candy. Um, And there's like a little postcard in there from Operation Not Alone kind of explaining why they have it. Um, Since then, we've brought on some other really amazing sponsors like Green Bay Packaging has done um, our boxes. Bellmark has done our stickering. Um, The Chang Real Estate Group that's based out of Madison has done our postage fees. Like We've had amazing sponsors that have come on in the last couple of years that helped us grow this. And this last Veterans Day in 2019 was a huge milestone for 
We've officially sent out over 1,000 cheer packages, and something that I freaked out about was we've officially sent a cheer package to ev- to a veteran in every single state in the U.S., uh, plus the District of Columbia. <laughs> but So, like, a cheer package has touched down in every single state in the U.S., and that just, like, knocked me off my socks this past year. I thought that was so incredible, and just that was a huge milestone that I really wanted us to hit. Um, obviously we weren't done just with that for veterans. We wanted to keep going. We wanted to do something more for them. And I forgot even how it happened, but that's kind of where our idea for the never alone nursing home visits came from. So we took the tie blankets out of our care packages that were the the big two yard fleece blankets. And we decided to call different local nursing homes. So we tested this out in Door County. And we would call these nursing homes ahead of time. We would get like the first name and the branch of someone like in their nursing home facility. And we prepped all of these like blankets, like with their names on them so that on Christmas Eve, we went into this nursing home and just delivered these blankets. And for a while we had like other little gifts and, you know, a cute little Christmas card. So we would go into these just different nursing homes and it broke my heart just seeing how many of them, you know, they don't have family members that they were with on Christmas Eve, no one that was visiting them on the holidays. And the holidays were such a depressing time, especially if you're like living in a nursing home and maybe you don't have family or you're not on good terms with your family and they're not coming to visit you. So we just got to be that light for them. We got to bring like a couple of people with us and deliver them these blankets. Um, Most of them are very, very chatty (laughs) and so excited to see us there. And they just want to, they want to share their stories. They want to talk to us. Um, They're so touched. I have shed probably the most amount of tears, like happy, wonderful tears in this job when I'm at those nursing homes with those men and women just... It it just, it knocks you off your socks. Like it, it punches you right in the feels because you're just looking at these sweet, sweet, like elderly people giving them these beautiful, like Christmas gifts and getting to spend the holiday with them and just hopefully really turn it around for them. We even did it a couple of years where we went back to back at some nursing homes and we wouldn't give like we would compare the list to make sure like we weren't double gifting for someone, but we would have certain veterans that had been there like the full calendar year. And we had nurses tell us that like it officially was the blanket that they slept with like every single night. They love telling people that we came and, and brought them this like beautiful gift and they love telling like their families about it, but it's, it be, it's become such a beautiful token for those individuals who have gotten them. So that is a favorite of mine. We aim to do it like every Christmas Eve, sometimes it's like the day before, um, or maybe that, that weekend, whatever it is. And we've done that at a variety of nursing homes around the state of Wisconsin. I'm always looking to expand all of those services. If anyone else wants to do a nursing home visit, um, always let us know that application is on our website. So you can learn a little bit more of how you can do that for yourself. And then we also, so that was all of the things we wanted to do for the military. So active duty service members, veterans, and then we It was time to pivot our focus and look at the community, right? So we developed, and this was also very synonymous with, again, my Miss America journey. A big part of title holders is like, going into classrooms, going to schools, talking with student organizations and clubs like about your platform and about your social impact initiative. And so that's how we kind of started 
figuring out what now is called the who is your hero presentation, which is a customizable presentation that we can use for anywhere from like a preschool, mostly elementary schools to high school students, college organizations and different clubs in college. Even corporations have started booking me to speak at like a corporate responsibility event, a corporate giving event. Um, it's usually tied to a donation, which we always love. And they usually, a lot of big companies have like paid volunteering days or they bring in someone to come help them do a service project. Like for example, like Thrivent Financial loves doing this with us. Like every single year, I pretty much go up to their headquarters to do this. Even at some of their like smaller branches, we've done a lot of service projects. Um, this last year was super cool. I did a huge presentation with, um, Breakthrough Beverage of Wisconsin that was sponsored by Tito's Vodka. And so we did a huge blanket tying project day, um, during their like weekend retreat. And that also came with a $2,500 donation, which we were so grateful for. So it's a customizable presentation that kind of helps people. The topic depends on the age, obviously, because for the younger students, we have like what it means to be in the military and why it's important to thank veterans for their service. And so, and obviously for a corporate responsibility, it looks quite a bit different than that. But so we wanted to engage the community first with that project and being able to, you know, book us to come speak at their events and do these service projects with, with them. And then my partner, Mackenzie, who I also met through the Miss America organization, she and I probably met back in 2013 and really became friends the following year. And then in 2015, she earned the title of Miss Oshkosh and forgot kind of where after that she approached me with the idea of joining the ONA board and she originally hopped on as the director of community relations and then a few years ago moved up to be the full vice president and the director of New York operations and she operates an office out of Buffalo, New York but she also works with the Girl Scouts and so she helped us develop the Girl Scout patch and program that we currently have which is so cool and she also has just like like revamped it and redone it. So we're really excited to reveal that to you guys pretty soon. But it is a full Girl Scout patch and program about like, it, it kind of was a spinoff of the Who Is Your Hero presentation to teach girls, not only like the power of understanding the military, like where that comes from, but also like how they can be involved, how they can be giving back in their communities and they can earn their own a patch. And the last thing that we added about a year and a half ago was our college intern program. And what a godsend <laughs> our interns have been. We are currently on our third intern. All three of them have been so stellar. This is like the coolest program ever, but I love being able to now take in these college students who are kind of interested a little bit in the nonprofit field and usually also have interests in like marketing, communications, public relations, advertising, um, anything in those fields. And not only can they help us get a lot of work done, but they also, you know, we're giving them a lot of exclusive, like, behind the scenes look at nonprofits, um, how different nonprofits run different things that they can be doing with us, but we offer a really cool, like remote experience. And I'm always a big fan of having interns do really legit things and run really intense projects, not just, you know, kind of like 
like the projects you like don't want to do yourself. So you like pawn off to them. Um, all of our interns have done some really heavy, like meaty stuff and they have portfolios at the end of it that they can all be incredibly proud of, but learn a lot more of the back end of a nonprofit and how it works from a totally different organizational feel. And again, it's all remote and they get to pick their own hours. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. (laughs) Um, On that note though, and kind of going backwards with Mackenzie, we've also grown such a phenomenal team over the years. Like I mentioned, our interns have been amazing. And currently two of those three interns are serving with us right now. And again, God sends all of them. And Mackenzie has been probably like our No, not probably. She is our longest standing board member and person on the team. She's my best friend in the entire world. It works so well. Um, I think the fun part about having a team is that everyone has their own little genius spots and just being able to like really hone in on those and encourage them and just capitalize on what they're really good at. Again, Mackenzie's kind of like our Girl Scout expert. She's also amazing for like web development, for editing, for other community relations things because she's just like a ray of sunshine in human form. And she's really good with other people and community connections. We also, in the last few months, added Jennifer Schmidt as our director of donor relations. And she's already done a killer job with just planning fundraisers and talking to our donors. And we're getting ready for a really huge campaign that's going to be honestly like the biggest thing that we've ever done in January of 2021. So stay tuned on what that's going to look like. But and she always comes in with really big, like hard hitting goals and just like aggressive fundraising goals that I could not love her even more from. And if you head over to episode two, you get to hear a lot more from her, which that was like a stellar interview. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. But, um, and also I have to give the biggest shout out to my sweet, sweet mother (laughs) who has actually been our longest running board member. She's She's someone who's been a part of our founding board that always stayed. She's like my number one volunteer, um, sometimes whether she signs up for it or not. She's just there for everything. And it's, it's been amazing to have like my family be a part of this and have some of my friends be a part of this, but like, again, really in their genius spots and in their genius zones, it's one of the most humbling, amazing things to see. And I could not love the team that we have now anymore if I possibly tried. And the last thing to kind of round this out. So last year, again, a little experiment that Mackenzie and I wanted to do was the Ona Boutique. Um, it was all part of my very grand plans for the Make an Impact podcast. Like I said, I've had this idea for over a year and we've always really loved the term make an impact. We've really kind of made that our like secondary tagline. And so we have a line of kind of like female empowerment, but everything is, um, unisex and gender neutral. We have these gold bar necklaces that say both make an impact and the future is female and then unisex t-shirts that say both of, of those things. So make an impact and the future is female. Um, one of the lines I designed, one of the lines Mackenzie designed, and it was one of our first experiments to really kind of branch out from our traditional military story that we had crafted through operation not alone. And then most recently with the coronavirus pandemic, which I'm sure that's like going to be the world's biggest trigger word for the next like 50 years, but (laughs) 
we saw that we had a lot of different things from different care package supply drives that we had collected over time. And I was moving from my apartment into um, a different house in Madison with a friend of mine. And I was just looking at all of this like stuff that we had that was kind of originally tagged for, uh, for care packages. But I was looking at all of this like non-perishable food that was uh, quite frankly, not, it was more than we had the demand for care packages. And that's when we kind of had the idea that we wanted to do something for people in response to the coronavirus pandemic, because as much as we were always a military based on profit to start with, the term operation, not alone encompasses so much and could encompass people from all walks of life struggling with all different kinds of things, more specifically, more generally, actually, uh, struggling with mental health and the mental health field and how we can be helping people there. So in our efforts to both do something kind and lovely for people that were really struggling with the pandemic and all of the horrible side effects that it's had, but also is our kind of our way to start branching out from our mission and encompass more of a general mental and emotional health focus. We decided to create COVID-19 relief kits. Um, those are sent out over the entire U.S. Um, and it's just like a, it's just a box of non-perishable food that our hope is uh, somewhat healthy but also a little somewhat inexpensive if we're going to be totally honest. And it would just help supplement your week's worth of groceries. So it's not going to replace a week's worth of groceries by any means, but it was just going to be a little box of groceries to hopefully help you kind of get through. Maybe if you're living a little paycheck to paycheck, um, if you just need a little bit of that relief, that was something that we were really excited to add on to our services in response to the current time. And then also we wanted to honor our healthcare heroes. And so we started sending um, gift cards to anyone who requested a healthcare hero restaurant card, um, gift card. And we've sent those all across the U S as well. So I believe at this point we've hit like, I think like 25 States between COVID kits and our healthcare hero restaurant gift cards. It's just been a really exciting way that we're able to give back in a whole new way and touch a whole new population that's in some of the most dire need as we're in this crazy upside down pandemic world. And it's been the feedback we've gotten from it has been so humbling and just one of the biggest honors that our team has gotten to be a part of. So that is at this point that brings you up to speed on all seven and a half years of operation alone and a little bit where we came from uh, to tie this back as to how all of this really ties in with the Miss America organization. It was obviously the reason why the idea for all of this was prompted. I will always be so, so grateful to the Miss America organization for all that it's done in my life. Um, also at the end of it too, I never walked away as Miss Wisconsin or obviously as Miss America, but I did earn over $22,000 in college scholarships. And I was able to, in conjunction with some other scholarships, graduate from with my bachelor's debt-free which again, as a low income, first generation college student, I never would have thought that that was possible. And thanks to all of those scholarships, 
that not only was a sentence I was able to say, but I was able to go on and put a little money towards my master's degree at my dream school, which was Northwestern University, which I just graduated from last month with my master's in public policy. And it's been a true honor, not to mention, like I said, the majority of our board has come from the Miss America organization. Some of my favorite volunteers have come from there. Um, my roommate at the time, at right now, at the moment, is from from Miss America. I will forever be the most grateful human to them. But the funny part of it was, I was getting so tunnel vision on this dream to become Miss America, which, oddly enough whether you win Miss America or not, like that dream ends at 25. You always need another dream that's beyond that. But I was, I had become so tunnel vision on the fact that Operation Alone was going to be a piece of my dream to become Miss America. And when I opened my eyes, it really was always the other way around. And I just couldn't see it at the time. I needed this journey through Miss America to give me this idea to help me launch this platform to get these volunteers, to get the voice, to get the platform that I now have. So much of it is because of Miss America. My public speaking skills are, quite frankly, from there. I have so much to owe to that organization, but I never would have understood my greater purpose through all of it if I stayed that tunnel vision. So my greater lesson to all of that is don't be afraid to pivot your dreams and keep your eyes wide open for what's actually the real root cause of maybe why you're pursuing something. You know, you don't get into your green, your dream college just to stay at that dream college. You don't achieve your dream of becoming a Miss Wisconsin or a Miss State title holder, Miss America and never do anything else significant or passionate or amazing with your life after that. It's all about the greater picture. And some of these things are just amazing vehicles to get you where you need to go, whether you earn some of the achievements that you had set out or not. So always keep your eyes open. Look for the bigger pictures because you never know what pivoting just might get you. So this was probably my longest uh, solo show that I will ever record. I know it was very long. It was a lot to do with, um, again, the founding story and a catch-up of Operation Alone, all that we offer now. If you are ever interested in volunteering, interning, um, donating, anything with Operation Alone, please go to our website, which is operationalone.net. You can follow us on social media pretty much everywhere. We are just at Operation Alone. Um, if you have any questions for me, definitely hit me up in my DM at the Make an Impact podcast um, on Instagram, even on Facebook. I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, let me know what you kind of thought about this episode. And I am so excited to start this new journey of helping you guys and teaching you how to start your own nonprofits um, and all of the weird, again, blunders and things that I've learned for the last um, almost eight years doing this, plus a variety of other internships I've had. I've worked with uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Red Cross, the Oshkosh Area Food Pantry, um, and more, honestly. Even children, I've had a lot of experience with Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Um, you name it, we've, we've had a lot of other nonprofits. So I can't wait to work with you guys on this. I can't wait to see what kind of impact that you make on your own. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe, dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else can catch the impact bug? Until next time, friend, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.